Hello and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. I am Michael Katz, who covers Ole Miss, and I'm here with the wonderful Stefan Kreishnik, who covers Mississippi State. Stefan, how are you? But before we get into football, we have to talk about candy. Maybe you can explain a little bit more why, but I think everybody needs to know where we stand on candy because that has become a hot topic because of a certain coach within our state. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's naturally around, you know, Halloween time and, and candy becomes a hot topic of discussion and sometimes debate. Um, and it all started uh, Saturday when um, SEC Network sideline reporter Alyssa Lang asked Mike Leach after uh, Mississippi State's big win at Vanderbilt, um, you know, his thoughts on, on Halloween candy, because I, re- I guess the, the, the broadcast crew had known that uh, Mike Leach didn't like candy corn. So he opened up by saying he completely hates candy corn and then just went on this rant about, you know, what his favorite candy is. I mean, it, I mean a, minute, a minute doesn't sound like a long time, but like a minute long answer in an on-field post-game interview, like go watch post-game interviews. It's usually like three questions or like a minute long total. Like you have a minute long rant on candy and it's kind of sparked discussion, the anti-candy corn crowd, the pro-candy corn crowd, and then just people kind of giving their hot takes on what their favorite candy is or isn't. Um, it also kind of just sparked, you know, stuff on Twitter. People just bring up old, like, lead rants that, you know, are pretty iconic throughout the past couple decades in college football. Um, so, yeah, it's become a hot topic, right, you know, fittingly around Halloween time. And, uh, you know, Lee shared his thoughts on today. He didn't think it was going to go, you know, as viral as it did. It got um, attention from Ted Lasso, you know, the fictional uh, Premier League coach who has a show on Apple TV. And, um, yeah, it's become a – a hot commodity and a hot topic here in Mississippi right around Halloween time. And I know you don't, you, you do like candy corn. So you and I don't really see eye to eye on that, but I think we can settle our differences. I don't think yeah. we're, I don't think I'm not as strong anti candy corn as leeches. I don't think you're as pro anti candy corn as leech, you know, is on the opposite side. Yeah. So before we get into that, I do have to say my favorite Mike Leach rant is when a reporter asked him if he had advice for, for getting married. And yes. he, but that's by far my it's favorite. It's the best one. Absolutely. It's the best one, no doubt. I think everybody should go watch that. It's incredible stuff. Um, I I put it out there on Twitter, and I'm getting roasted right now because I said <laughs> I like candy corn. And I guess I should have prefaced it by saying it's not my go-to. I, I'm not going to go out of my way to get it. But right. if it is given to me, yes, I'm going to eat it. If, if I had my pick, of, it would be some kind of chocolate peanut butter situation Reese's is Reese's is like my favorite um, really good choice. yeah so I mean that it's very basic but um that 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 would be like my go-to but I'm I'm I'm, I'm catching a lot of strays here for standing up for candy corn I, it sounds like you are not a fan if you had your pick of a candy what would it be um you know I'm a big three musketeers guy I kind of just like anything like milk chocolate like I'll go for Hershey's too I'm a big just milk chocolate guy so I mean that's pretty bland I guess but it's just you know it's good and there's a reason a lot of people like it because it's good um the candy corn situation I just I don't know I'm not a huge fan I understand it's a bit of a seasonal appeal like if I saw someone like eat candy corn in February I'd probably call the cops I'd be like you what are we doing here um so I, I think there's that seasonal appeal. I mean, what's the what's the thing on Easter when he eats peeps? Is that what it's called? Oh, so gross. See, I don't like peeps either, but like I don't know, maybe because it's Easter, people love it. Um, maybe like around Christmas time, eggnog would be the equivalent. I know like people either love or hate eggnog, but nobody drinks it in like July, you know. 
So there's definitely the seasonal appeal to it. So I understand, you know, if you have a plate of candy corn in front of you, like waiting at a dentist's office in, you know, October, which if the dentist put it there, they're, you know, trying to give you rotten teeth. Great so at can, their uh, job. Just great at their job. They can, they can make more money off of it. Um, but yeah, there's, I don't know. If it was in front of me, maybe I'd eat a couple. It's just like, you know, I don't go out of my way to buy it. I don't go out of my way to eat it. It's just fine. It's there. If somebody else likes it, I, I don't really get offended. Um, but Leach, I mean, Leach is just, you know, he's funny on his takes. And, you know, he said earlier um, during his Monday press conference how um, since it's been researched since he was a kid, um, you know, what, what candy corn does. And, you know, he kind of liked it when he was a little younger, but um, he's kind of moved past that. And he said that, you know, the bright the brighter spots for candy corn in his life were a grave error. So he uh, thinks pretty strongly of it. <laughs> It's a hot take, man. And but honestly, like I, I appreciate him being, you know, dying on a weird hill. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people probably share that opinion. Oh, I think no, a lot I, of people are in the middle of being like, I literally do not care about candy corn. I mean, no, no, there are some people that like, like gag, and that seems right. a little dramatic. But it is a little dramatic. Uh, just a reminder that you can follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on our Facebook groups, the Mississippi State Discussion with Parrish Alford's Stefan Kreishnik or the Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. And you can also follow us at djournal sports on Twitter. Uh, so, so you had your candy corn moment today. We had uh, a, a, an amazing World Series moment with Lane Kiffin uh, at Ole Miss today. You know, we were having our normal press conference, and and somebody asked, it's actually Parrish, asked him uh, who he was taking in the World Series, and Parrish was, you know, asking the question, and then, you know, Lane just kind of goes, yeah, I'm not just saying this because, like, I want to be a cool football coach who only watches football, but I have no idea who's playing in the World Series, <laughs> um, which was honestly, like, respected. It's incredible. Big football guy move. Um, is there any sport that you would like not know who's playing for a championship? I'm trying to think. You know what? What surprises me a little bit is that like Lane is like pretty involved on social media to have not like seen you know Fox Sports tweet like a graphic of like you know Astros and and Braves and also Mississippi's you know pretty close to Atlanta. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear that. Oh man. I mean, not, not like from all the major sports, you know, in the U.S., like even, I mean, not even like just like the major four, like even, you know, WNBA and he was playing, you know, women's soccer league and he was playing MLS. I'll usually probably know who's playing MLS and probably women's soccer league would be the closest I would get to not knowing because I'm just not a huge soccer fan. Um, but even in the U.S., I'd probably know a little bit what's going on. So I don't know. I'm pretty involved in the Korean baseball organization. So like, that's maybe a lot of places where people don't know. I, you know, I would definitely know who's playing um, LG twins till I die, but yeah, I don't know. Is there one for you? Like it would, it would definitely have to be soccer for me. Like I'll know who's in the champions league and maybe I'll know like MLS and NWSL who's playing in the finals. Um, and then maybe premier league, but I don't know. Premier league is also, you know, it's not really like a championship type thing, but yeah, I don't know. My my soccer knowledge starts at Ted Lasso and ends at like <laughs> Super Mario Strikers. Like that's pretty that's pretty much like like honestly, 
I have a lot of friends who love soccer and I, I have no problem with that, but like me, I, I, I couldn't tell you like any of that. Right. So that would absolutely be my thing. Um, also another funny part was when Parrish was explaining that the Braves had just beaten the Dodgers and where I audibly said, come on, man, uh, <laughs> to Parrish. Uh, and he was saying that to beat the Astros and, and Lane was like, wait, you just said three teams. And then he explained, he's like, okay, I, I was confused. It was just like an, an honestly, like an incredible moment of, uh, of, 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 of Lane being a football guy. Um, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to hear Lane's thoughts on like what, I mean, maybe it's like, you know, NBA or hockey or something. Cause that's, you know, in the off season, maybe he just naturally will pay more attention to that. Or maybe he pays attention to baseball, you know, during the regular season. I'd be interested because I asked, um, I asked Leach today about the Ted Lasso tweet and kind of, if he expected, you know, all Does that he, know Ted Lasso? he knows, he knows the show, but, getting to apple tv is you know a little like it's maybe like two degrees of technology a little too much for him it appears um which is fair you know maybe someone will explain it to him but um he thinks that he has to stream it on his phone so that was you know that's when i was kind of like this could this could be easily explained um so i asked him about you know ted lasso he said he's heard it's a good show i hasn't watched it and then i asked him since he, he spent some time coaching football in finland and so he's kind of been, you know, visited Europe and seen all that stuff. I asked him if he, you know, has any interest in soccer, or the Premier League specifically. And he said, no, he's more of a rugby guy, which makes sense. That's also like ultimate like football coach. Yeah, no, that, make, that checks out completely. Yes, yes, it all checks out. Um, which would also be interested in like Mississippi State recruited like a rugby style kicker like in a few years. So keep that on your radar. Um, you know, some dude from New Zealand coming over. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting to hear both our uh, both the coaches we cover talking about, um, you know, sports outside of football. You can tell if, – if anyone wants to go back and watch the presser from Leach today and watch the presser from Lane today, you can tell both teams are coming off a win this weekend. Oh, no, I, 100%. This is not a question that gets asked after a blowout loss or a close loss. Correct. No, this is – this was, like, really feeling good situation. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State have to be feeling pretty good uh, about themselves right now. Uh, Mississippi State kind of beat up on, on poor Vanderbilt, kind of taking through that game. Uh, and I've never been to Nashville, so kind of explain how awesome it is because I've heard every, everybody says it's one of the best places to visit. Yeah, you definitely need to get to Nashville, maybe in the offseason or something. It's only I don't know what it is from Oxford. It's only about a four-and-a-half-hour drive from, from Starkville. So if you get the chance to go, you should. Um, you know – Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt, like in terms of the football program. And it definitely has the, you know, the reputation it has and probably for good reason, but Vanderbilt's campus, albeit small is literally like in the heart of like downtown Nashville. You're probably like a mile or two away from like Broadway where all the bars and everything are. So like, if you're a student, like that's gotta be a place you consider just because of how fun it is. I mean, before the game, you know, their their Greek row was, you know, going crazy and had their banners up on, on you know, the front doors and had music and stuff like that. And the, the energy didn't translate over to the stadium. I think a lot of that energy stayed next to the coolers. Um, but it's a really cool setup. I mean, Nashville is just, I mean, it's, it's among my favorite cities that I've ever been into. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of cities I haven't been to. So I'm sorry if I leave out your city. I know you know, our loyal listeners in Seattle right now are like, have you ever been to Seattle? No, I've never been to Seattle. I would love to go. I'm sure it's great. Shots fired definitely... at El Paso, Texas. <laughs> yes. Sorry, El Paso. Um, but no, Nashville, I mean, it's one of my favorite places. 
Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you get the chance to go on Broadway and the bars and the rooftops and everything there, I mean, it's amazing. If you want to go to like the main ones, like Jason Aldean's, like you got to get there like pretty dang early. I came there post game, so I didn't really have you know much of a chance to get in line for Aldean's. But like, there's so many other cool rooftops and stuff like that to go to. And obviously, like literally everywhere you go, um, it's live music. Um, you know, whether you like country or not, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, I'm not a huge country fan, but you know, you you can you can get along with it. It's it's a good time. Um, so yeah, to, to anyone who's never been to Nashville, I highly recommend going, um, you know, it's a good time. I think the SEC women's tournament for basketball is there this year and then the men play in Tampa. So, you know, maybe that's an excuse for, um, you know, if the Mississippi state women and the Ole Miss women having a good season, maybe it's a chance for us to, uh, reconnect in, uh, in Nashville this year. Uh, also rumor has it is, has it that there was a game there. It was not a good game. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. kind of take me through what happened there. It, it looked like Mississippi State cruised pretty easily. Yeah, you know, I was going into the game. I thought it was going to be a little bit closer than it was, and I thought it was going to just kind of be an ugly game where you know Mississippi State wins, and Mississippi State fans kind of walk away from it saying, eh, you know, like whatever. You got to win, but you didn't look great doing it. There were spots where Mississippi State showed flaws, and it was a lot of the similar stuff. Um, particularly early in the game, there was um, an explosive play. I believe it was the I want to say it was a 60-yard pass that Vanderbilt had. Um, and then there was a couple plays by uh, right tackle Scott last year for Mississippi State where he just you know, missed a guy or just just looked bad or pick up the holding penalty or false or something like that. We knew the explosive plays on defense and particularly play at right tackle was a struggle for this Mississippi State team. And that kind of showed its head again. And I think kind of at this point you accept that that's going to be part of how this season goes. And it's about if Mississippi State can, can overcome that and, and clean up you know, some of the other play going on. So I thought to myself, there's no way that anyone walks out of this game thinking, you know what, Mississippi State, like, you know, is, is a good team. They were going to win no matter what happened. I mean, their, their talent is just way better than Vanderbilt's, right? But after losing by 40 points to, to Alabama and, then, you know, winning by 39 points against Vandy, you kind of see that, like, Mississippi State's not a bad team. You see that Alabama's a good team. Mississippi State's not a bad team. There was a lot that they did well um, against Vanderbilt where you're like, you know what, like, Maybe this isn't just because it's against Vandy. Maybe it's because Will Rogers actually made a good deep throw. Like he's he's missed guys that have been open um, against any team. I mean, it doesn't matter who the opponent is if your receiver's not near a defender, right? Like if a guy's wide open, it shouldn't matter who the team on, on the other side is. Um, maybe from a mental aspect it does, but really it, sh it shouldn't. And I, I think Mississippi State just cleaned up so much of that, particularly on offense. I mean, their defense played great as well. They didn't give up a touchdown. But particularly on offense, there was so much they cleaned up after not scoring a touchdown against Alabama, where you kind of walk away from it. And Kentucky's number 12 in the nation. They're coming to Starkville next week. And Mississippi State's a two-point favorite. So, like, that, it's not in most situations that, that you're going to get that. Um, I think that kind of goes to show how wide open the SEC is once you get past Georgia and Alabama. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it kind of shows that, you know, even Vegas was a little bit impressed with how, uh, Mississippi State bounced back. Kentucky coming out that bye sets up for uh, a pretty fun weekend here uh, in Starkville. Over in Oxford, we had a, a similar situation to an extent where I thought that it was going to be a close game. Um, I did not think that Ole Miss was going to blow the covers off LSU. Um, given that LSU had just beaten, uh, uh, we think, I don't know if they're good, but Florida. They ranked Florida. Florida. Uh, you know, yeah. Florida team that exists. Um, and, you know, obviously they had a lot of weird stuff happening with that Orgeron, but, uh, you know, LSU scored on its first possession 
And I think everyone in the press box was like, oh boy, here we go. And then they did not do anything for two and a half quarters. Ole Miss scored 31 points in a row and LSU got some garbage time uh, points, but it was a dominant effort um, from Ole Miss. I mean, just off, you know, offensively, Matt Corral, no, he is not a hundred percent. We know that he, he said as much, but you know, uh, he, he didn't have to be because they ran the ball really well and they played really, really good defense, which is not something that Ole Miss has said much over the last few years. But, you know, really in the Tennessee game and this one, th- they looked a, a lot better. And, um, you know, you know, LSU, are they an offensive powerhouse? No, but they were averaging, you know, 32 whatever points per game. Max Johnson, the quarterback, was playing really, really well. Um, but I mean, Ole Miss shut them down and, uh, it, it was really impressive. It, it, you know, it's, and it was not like the normal high wire roller coaster that it has been recently for Ole Miss. I tell people all the time, like Ole Miss doesn't play normal games. This one was actually like kind of a normal game. Cause it was just kind of a butt kicking from basically, a couple minutes through the first quarter on, it was not even within question. It, it was really impressive. Um, yeah, it, it, I it, I know Ole Miss is ranked in the top 10 for the first time since 2015. Um, they're playing Auburn, who they haven't beaten since 2015. Auburn's, uh, you know, ranked number 18. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting game. But, you know, it was it, as, as somebody who – uh, you know, you know how deadlines work and you don't like to have to write, like rewrite your game story a hundred times. It was kind of nice to know where this thing was going when the fourth quarter started. Yeah. Same in same case in Nashville. It was nice to, to start writing and get out of there pretty quick. Um, you know, I, I was able to catch some of the um, Ole Miss LSU game, just kind of watching uh, my laptop. Um, Cause I think we had about a 30 minute difference from one game starting to the other, something like that. Um, and yeah, it just kind of looked like from an offensive standpoint, like obviously Ole Miss's defense is probably what stands out the most, right? Like no one expected them to do that. But from an offensive standpoint, I think, so they finished with what, 31 points? Is that what, how many they had? 31-7, yeah. was that the final? It was 31-7. Uh, yeah. So you kind of look at the 31 points and, you know, that's nowhere near. I mean, Miss, or Ole Miss can easily put up double that, right? Like, but, but when you see Corral, like hurting the way he is, and clearly not at 100%. And that offense is still able to do that. Like when Corral's at 100%, I think you kind of just see why that offense is so scary. Um, and I think, I mean, at this point, do I feel like Ole Miss is a top 10 team? Like they don't look like it every week. And, and like you look at them on paper and you're like, I mean, they're really good, but are they a top 10 team? Like, I don't know. But like who – like it's kind of like who else are you going to put in the top 10? Like it's been a crazy year of college football in terms of everyone losing all the time. Um, and the moment, the moment, um, you know, Penn state lost, the first thing that came to mind was there's a really good chance that Ole Miss is about to be a top 10 team. Um, and they are, and they, they deserve it. I mean, they, they are where they are because they've won games and look pretty impressive in some of those games. So, um, I mean, Ole Miss Auburn is going to be a lot of fun this weekend. It's going to be a good game. I would assume probably among the better games on the college slate, definitely the SEC slate. Um, so yeah, I mean Ole Miss is just good, man. Like New Year's Six, pretty easily type of good um, if they take care of what they should take care of the rest of the way. 
Yeah, you know, they, they are they are not a perfect team. Uh, the, the biggest thing is the penalties. Um, Georgia that, is probably the only perfect team out there. There's close. And then maybe Alabama. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, Ole Miss, the reason that they started off a little bit slow against LSU was they were shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. They are the most penalized team in college football, which is crazy. Out of 130 teams to be ranked 130th, it's not great. As Lane Kiffin said today, they are not just the last in the NCAA. They are the last in Little League and Junior High. Like, they are bad, bad when it comes to that. Um, you know, he, as, as he said, you know, this is, this is the difference between good and great. And yeah, right. Right now you're able to get past those, those mistakes, but there are going to be games and like, who knows, it could be this weekend where you're not able to get over the hump and it's because of those penalties. Um, I think this weekend is huge. I think we're going to learn a lot about Ole Miss, um, in this one. Uh, but yeah, it, it should be one of the better games on the slate. Hopefully, you know, f- fingers crossed on that one. What will a game that was better than I thought it was going to be for a while was Tennessee, Alabama. That was really yeah. close for a while. I know the final score doesn't portray that because, you know, Alabama did what it does, but there was, <laughs> I think in the fourth quarter, it was like a one score game. That was one of the more surprising things to kind of see this past week. Yeah. So I, I caught the quarter of that game. Um, over in Nashville, and um, it was 31-24 early in the fourth quarter. I mean, um, I, when I first started watching, Alabama was up two scores. It was 31-17. I'm doing the math. It was 31-17. And Tennessee went down and scored with, I think there was about, like, 12 minutes left, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I was like, all right, like, seven-point game. You just need to stop. And on that next possession, um, they got Alabama to a third and 10. They easily could have forced a punt. And then Bryce Young just absolutely launches one. Jameson Williams, like, literally, like, 60 yards downfield, sets him up, like, first thing goal. And then, like, I think they went on and scored, like, 21 unanswered to, like, finish the game. And I was like, wow, that all just blew up real fast. But, like, like you think about it, you get that third down stop, and it was literally Jameson Williams just running, like, vertical, like, past everyone, just, like, outran everyone. And you're just like, what are you doing? Um, but, but, like, you get a stop there. You get the ball back. You got a chance to tie the game. Presumably, you run some clock. It'd probably be about midway through the fourth quarter. You guys would be tied. So, yeah, I think. I mean, are you ready to say Tennessee is good? I think I might be. Why am I more like? Why am I more open to saying Tennessee is good than I have been to say Auburn is good all year? Like, like maybe I need to get myself to just say Auburn is good before I say anything else. Yeah, I, I, I think. I don't know if I'd say Tennessee is good, but they are way better than they are supposed to be they're ahead of schedule right. which is like the most cliche thing you can say um <laughs> you know, josh heupel has like let's be honest tennessee was really hard to watch last year they're fun to watch now like they score a, yeah. a ton of points and um you know i i, I was a little bit eh on the hypo higher but it, it's worked out pretty well and you know, you know bryce young is just something else and that whole alabama team is just something else but right. You know, credit to them for for hang, uh, for hanging around. Um, I, I think South Carolina kind of – Texas A&M did to them what I think we all thought yeah. was going to happen. I, I know we have a mutual friend who covers South Carolina, and I don't think it was the most entertaining game for him to cover. No, yeah, that was tough. It was not nearly as exciting as covering Mississippi State at Texas A&M. Makes <laughs> you think. Makes you think about the job you love. 
<laughs> uh, and then the last one was Arkansas versus Arkansas Pine Bluff, which the game everybody was talking about, uh, Arkansas won 45 to three. Yeah, yeah, you set your uh, TV DVRs to make sure you had that one on recording so you could watch it a couple times. Um, Absolutely, I've watched I've watched it twice already. Arkansas, like it felt like Arkansas like needed that game, like some like like Mississippi State needed Vanderbilt there, Arkansas needed Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, and now it's kind of like crunch time for Arkansas. Like, let's see what this team is actually made out of. A couple weeks I'll be there covering Mississippi State or Arkansas. That should be one of those games where it's like. Let's see what these teams are made of. Like, you know, kind of like, I feel like Arkansas skyrocketed at the start of the year. I feel like now they're kind of at Mississippi State's level where it's like that game could very well determine who, you know, is in the bottom half of the SEC West versus at the top half. Uh, on a, a non-SEC note, I would just like to let you know that I'm getting texts and tweets from a million people right now letting me know that Jeff Fisher is a candidate for the USC head coaching job, and I'm not going to reply. Wow. Um, I can't. I can't. Do yeah, that. I, I would maybe block those people. I'm. I'm gonna have to. I've already muted Braves and Freddie Freeman on Twitter. Uh, I think yeah. Jeff Fisher is gonna be one of them. I. Uh, seven I, and know, nine USC Trojans, baby. Seven and nine all the time. The, the only reason it can't happen is because they won't play enough games. Uh, so what? What would be the college football equivalent to that? Like five and seven? Yeah. 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 And yeah. It, it, I can't do this, man. Maybe. I can't do it. I, I, you know, as you pointed out once, like I've changed my background. My degrees are not on the wall and they may never go back up if USC hires Jeff Fisher, but we can talk about that another time. I'll let the uh, record show my, like my Indiana pennant, that's Indiana volleyball. I used to cover Indiana volleyball and I know their coach pretty well now. So that's not like anything Indiana football related. So don't ask me questions about Indiana football because I don't support Indiana football right now. Yeah, the Ohio State game was not great. There's no home field magic for that one. No, no. But it's all right. Bounce back next week, I guess. Is it? Is it okay? I don't know. They're on. They're literally on their like fifth string quarterback now, so it's just not great. Well, as always, thank you to everybody for listening. Again, you can follow us. Uh, follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com/podcasts. Also, follow us on Facebook. Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreishnik and Michael Katz. Uh, Parrish Alford with Michael Katz for the Ole Miss discussion. And follow us on Twitter at DJournalSports. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on Wednesday.